Welcome to the Herb Nerd Podcast with enlightening interviews where vibrant and diverse teachers, authors, and healers talk about a variety of topics such as self-healing, herbalism, and spirituality. And now, your guide, my mom, the Herb Nerd. Hi, Herb Nerds. This is Monica. I'm really excited to talk to you about vaginal steam therapy today. And it's just an amazing therapy that I just have found out about. Um, I practiced this about a month ago and had amazing results with my period. And because of that, I want to bring to you uh, this knowledge of the vaginal steam therapy and um, the many benefits and how you can do it at home. So I'm interviewing a good friend of mine. She's an acupuncturist and she uses vaginal steam therapy in her practice and she has found lots of healing benefits with it. So I'm really excited to, to interview her and to let you know more about vaginal steam therapy and why it's so important. Um, I think it's really important to give ourselves tender, loving care. And there's been a lot of energy that can be stuck in women's wombs, in their uterus, and in their second chakra area. And I feel like being able to have a therapy like this and to implement it into your life can really help empower you and give you the nurturance and the care that you need to heal your womb space and it's just really really lovely so i can't wait to talk to you more about it in the interview and so um one note in the interview i do talk about the essential oils in plants being in the steam and in no way am i saying add essential oils to your steam um, essential oils are generally like one percent or less of plants plant material and so they're very very concentrated and they're not meant to be put in a steam and then you know you're not really supposed to do that. That's just too much of a good thing. Um, I think that using raw plant material, fresh or dried, is best. If it's dried, you might want to use, you know, two handfuls. If it's fresh, maybe just a handful for steam. So I just wanted to really clarify on that. I love essential oils, but I'm very, very cautious with them. I feel that they're overused and unfortunately so much uh, raw plant material is just kind of thrown away in the process of making essential oils and so I feel like I feel like that's kind of wasteful but I also feel like it does have essential oils do have their application so I'm not against essential oils I just think that in the steam therapy it's better to um, use fresh or dried herbs so I just want to let you know what I've been up to um, so this month I attended my friend's birth and this is the second birth that I've been to with her and it was an amazing amazing birth 
Um, she gave birth in a hospital, and it was so fast. Uh, she went from four centimeters to ready to push in about 25 minutes from just being in a hot tub. Um, it really just helped warm up her womb and relax her. And it was incredible to watch her uh, have a natural childbirth. And I feel really honored that she invited me into her space. I, I think that this space of birthing is um, should always feel like a nice, comforting, safe place. And I was really, you know, surprised that the hospital was able to give that to her and honor her wishes and and she used hypnotherapy birthing methods to help deal with the pain and luckily for her it was really quick and uh, she did a great job and it it was amazing I, I definitely got the birth high <laughs> it's amazing how fast time goes too um, during this birth I, I really fell outside of time and I would look up and then look up again at the clock and realize oh my gosh an hour's gone by you know how did that how did that happen um i don't really know how to explain that phenomenon the 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 birthing time warp <laughs> but this is the first time i've ever noticed it so um jackie Congratulations on your baby. And for those of you who don't know, Jackie is the banjo player who plays the music in the beginning of the podcast. And my daughter is the one that's doing the intro. Um, so, uh, congratulations. Ah, babies. Oh, jeez. So, any, anyhow, um, other things that are going on... Um, I'm continuing my Matthew Woods apprenticeship program in uh, Lagunitas, California, and I think I'm on my third month, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm meeting some really awesome people in the class. I love Matthew Wood. I think he's an amazing teacher. The class is uh, just incredible. It's blowing my mind open which is a very good thing. Um, we talk about the forgotten energetics of traditional Western herbalism and the six tissue states um, in relation to the organ systems. We talk a lot about tongue diagnosis and uh, case histories. It's so good. I, oh, I'm really, really loving it. I feel like this type of herbalism goes hand in hand with my Ayurvedic training. Uh, ancient Greek medicine and Ayurvedic medicine have so much in common. And I find that really exciting to find uh, the similarities between the two. So I'm really enjoying that. Um, let's see. Out here on the property, we are officially moved out here and we are living in a yurt. It's a Mongolian gear. That's the official name. I guess they don't like to be called yurts. Um, <laughs> and then we're li living in a trailer too. So it's my husband, my daughter, and me. And we are going to be working on uh, coming up with a passive home uh, design uh, 
so that we can have a home on our property in the next few years. Um, <laughs> seems like a huge project that's going to happen, um, you know, in the spring, I'm guessing. So we're still, you know, tossing around ideas. The most important thing out here is to utilize as much of the, of the sunlight as we can um, so that we don't have to use so many resources to heat our home. So that is pretty awesome. It's all new to me. So I made some elderberry syrup at home and I want to gift it to five herb nerds. So this is how you win. Basically, I am looking for feedback in iTunes before January 1st, 2015. So this is how you do it. If you go on your phone, you open up your podcast app. It's that purplish app with the two rings and the little exclamation mark that's upside down. It might look like a person to you. And you click on the image and then you click on search, which looks like a magnifying glass found at the bottom and search for the herb nerd. And lastly, you click on reviews and then you click write a review. So then you leave me a review and the final step that I need you to do is to uh, send me an email at monica at theherbnerdpodcast.com and let me know that you've left me a review and please leave me your address so that I can gift you a bottle of elderberry syrup. So five people get it. I hope that it's you. And elderberry syrup is really great for the season that we're in. It really helped me beat this last little cold thing that I had uh, really, really fast. And it tastes so good. And I like to make mine with Sailor Jerry's. It tastes delicious. So it's an added benefit that will warm up your toes. All right, so let's get to it. Let's get to the Herb Nerd Podcast interview with Anna Weirderich. Yeah, yeah. Let's get started. Okay, so I'm here with Anna. Anna, will you please tell me how to say your last name? Weirderich. Weirderich. Or Weird Witch or Weird Witch. something like that. <laughs> I love it. It's great. So Anna and I work together, and... Something that I've just got turned on to was vaginal steam therapy. And through talking with Anna, I just discovered that this is something that she uses in her practice. And it's really an interesting therapy, and I want to be able to share with you um, all the benefits of it. So Anna and I decided to get together and to talk more about it. So I want to ask you, before we go there... I want to talk about your history with herbs and if you have any fond memories of herbs while growing up or throughout your life that you want to share. I um, I feel like I have been a plant person since I was really, really young. Um, my father would bring me on plant walks with different local folks through the neighborhood and we had a um, path behind our house in the woods that... I would go in times of need of solace and I'd walk through and I would turn over leaves and look at the spittle from spittle bugs and pop snowberries and pick salad things that I knew we could eat and bring them home for salads. When I was about three, miner's lettuce and chickweed and um, 
nasturtium flowers and so I think this is always in every child this connection to plants and for some people it sticks and for some people it sort of wavers but this was my place of solace with plants since that young time and any time in my life where I came to a place of like what am I doing I would go and be with the plants and I would remember these pieces of my youth and childhood and and it then it would bring me right back onto what my path was. So that's great. That's great. So you got to play with herbs and have a connection with them when you were young. And now you're a Chinese practitioner, an acupuncturist, and you know quite a bit about Western herbalism too. Mm -hmm. So what came first for you? Um, Self-study came first mm -hmm. since that young age, and I started to... I knew I needed to do something with plants, and I was, uh, I went to, into botanical drawing, actually what I did, backing up, I went at, after high school, I had been already reading plenty of herb books on my own, and, and I was like, I need to figure out what I'm doing, and I, so I was reading these different books, but something, I hadn't quite found it yet, and I went to a, a free class at the Hall of Flowers in San Francisco, and it was on five elements of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. Mm -hmm. And I was so blown away, and I was—I felt like that was the complete um, system because there was this acknowledgement of the connection between human and nature, and and the harm, the weight, how to harmonize each other, mm -hmm. and um, so I directly went to the Chinese medicine school in San Francisco at 18 years old and they said no you can't come you have I think at that time you had to have a BA and they're like why don't you go get your prereqs and so I was like okay I'll take botany and chemistry and all those things and I did and then I was like I'm gonna be a botanical illustrator <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so you do like to draw I like to draw, oh. yeah, I like to draw. Okay. Much less now, lately, for whatever reason, life changes, but, yeah. So you got through college, and then you got to go to acupuncture school? Well, I, I started on that path, and then in, this was at a junior college at, at in, in San Francisco, and, and I found an anthropology class, and then I was, like, down a whole other rabbit hole, and then there was somebody who came visiting from UCLA uh, to promote a program called World Arts and Cultures. And I was like, this is it. This is my program. I'm going to LA. <laughs> so I ended up being there. I got my um, degree at UCLA. And then um, I, was, I became a teacher in special ed. And as I was there, I was like, and I was about to get this great teaching job, other teaching job. And I was like, wait a minute. I didn't want to be a teacher. What? What? did I want to do? <laughs> and then I found the the journal that I had retraced and sharpied all the notes from that five elements class. Oh, and I was I like, oh, I have, to, I have to do this now because my, mm -hmm. my BA took me a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so I like beelined it to the LA, um, a, a school, Yosan University in, in Santa Monica. And and enrolled right then and started cutting my hours, my work, my teaching hours to part-time and did part-time school, part-time work. Then it swapped out completely and I, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Well, you came into the world of herbs. You went through like a little spiral there though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So with your products, I noticed that you do a lot of wild crafting now. Mm -hmm. How did you learn how to do that? Um, that is a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Playing? Playing. Yeah. Well, I was in the kitchen making medicine this weekend mm -hmm. on Friday, and I was cutting up roots, and I was burying my head in the smell of the roots, and I, and I was, put, you know, put, mixing things up, and I started to kind of laugh and just feel like I'm not doing anything different than when I was five years old. <laughs> and I, I, I mixed you know, I made perfumes and I made different things and I and I just thought how funny it is that I'm doing the same thing. I um I think the inspiration for wild harvesting was through um a Chumash teacher that I had named Cecilia Garcia and she passed three three two two years ago now I think. Um and she this was when I was in LA and I, I learned with her for about two years and we'd meet every month, and we just got into um, the plants that were there and and using them to make ourselves liniments with um, the California sage brush that's down south and with black sage and and avocado pits instead of bare fat. And, mm. um, and then I... I always would pick things. I always would, like, glean in when I lived in cities. And so I always was sort of harvesting and picking and, and checking things, but I never actually made medicine till like maybe six years ago or something. Mm. Um, and that was really inspired by her, by Cecilia. Mm. So that's great. Mm -hmm. I and love then your when medicines. I, thank They're you. wonderful, especially the winter warmer. That's my favorite right now. <laughs> the ashwagandha winter warmer. Oh, yeah. How do really you good. get inspired to make your different tinctures that you make? What inspires you? Where does that come from? Sometimes it's a um, already a relationship to a plant. Mm -hmm. um, the winter warmer. There were some elixirs that I did that um, I I was just wanting to make um, easy to palate mm -hmm. um, uh, different like dif different combinations that. Um, were either Chinese or I, I just kind of did this whole span of a couple of Chinese and a couple, I guess, of Ayurvedic based. I'm I'm not an Ayurvedic practitioner, but mm -hmm. but there was when I um, take ashwagandha, I felt like I needed all those other mm -hmm. spices in there. So yeah, they're so supportive, you know, because mm -hmm. ashwagandha can be really heavy. It yeah, it needs it, some helpers. It needs helpers. Yeah, yeah. It, it smells like bread to me. I um you know I I feel like. I do in a in a strange way. Plants talk to me without like, I don't hear voices. Mm -hmm. But uh, like before meeting your Basanta, before knowing your Basanta, I took a walk. I had heard the name of your Basanta, and I took a walk and and I stopped at this plant, and I was like, "Who are you?" And then it like came to me who it was. I hadn't. Oh, it introduced itself. It introduced itself, and so this kind of. This like is what happens for me. Basanta. And then I'm like, and I, and I like, wait, oh, you're your Basanta. Wait, who said that? Who did I, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. How exciting. So that one's a beautiful one. And that then is it a beautiful one. And gets glossier and glossier, the hotter it gets. The richer with the oleo gum resins. And, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. great. Okay. So in your practice, you use Yoni steams, right? This mm -hmm. is a recommendation. Um, how how do you promote these? 
herbal steams or when do you when do you get the thought in your head oh this person really needs a yoni steam um i i've been working with women in women's health for pretty much my whole acupuncture career for which is 14 years and i um i remember hearing about it in 2010 but it was actually from a, an re which is a reproductive endocrinologist. We worked a lot with fertility down in Los Angeles. And um, and he sent us this article and he said, what do you know about this? And we hadn't really heard about it, but we were like, well, it totally makes sense to do this. And so a lot of women were doing it for fertility purposes. Um, I, I, ha I didn't integrate it into my practice until this year. Mm -hmm. um, and what was happening is like Chinese herbs and other herbs can really help with women's issues, no doubt, and acupuncture. But there were some pieces that were not, for some women, it doesn't, that weren't coming together. Mm -hmm. And um, and there was, I felt like this need for this deep warming circulation that mm -hmm. um, I was doing maybe with moxa on the belly, but it was not quite getting up in there. Um, so I actually recommended it for um, a woman who just, I have a story that she shared with me about her, what was going on um, and how this, the coochie steam changed things for her. But she had a smell and the smell wasn't going away and she had had this sexual encounter that um, kind of left her feeling a little bit not right, dirty, she said, but, mm -hmm. but just like, and not, it wasn't violating. It just wasn't, wasn't resonant. It was something she noticed after the encounter. And the smell, the smell. Mm -hmm. okay. and it wasn't going away. It wasn't going away with herbs that we were using. It wasn't going away with the acupuncture. It wasn't going away with changing her diet. And so I gave her some herbs to steam with and she did oh. one steam and the smell was gone. And, and she had loved her smell normally. Uh -huh. And she was uh -huh. like, oh, what is this? This uh -huh. isn't me. And anyways, that really shifted things wow. for her. And then, um, so it's like when, when things are changing, but not changing quick enough is when I feel mm -hmm. like, like I need to do it. Or if there's vaginal tissue, um, shifting, mm -hmm. um, when there's a, you know, that it, it starts to be a little painful in the cooch and, mm -hmm. um, or there's a lot of old, old stagnation of um, blood slash sexual energy. Yeah. Then it's it feels like that if that's the next call to loosen some of that up. Yeah, I noticed myself that it is a great mover. I heard about it, um, I think a year or two ago, and I thought to myself, oh, vaginal steam, it's like a foo-foo thing, like something that you do to make you feel good. And it, I didn't really, I should have asked more questions to why people are starting or doing um, vaginal steams. Um, and it wasn't until I, I experienced it myself was I completely blown away. Like, oh my gosh, this is what can happen. You know, so um, before we get more into that, I think that there might be some listeners that are like, what are they talking about? What are vaginal steams? Do you want to enlighten those who don't know? Like talk about how to do it and, or maybe a little bit okay. about the history or, and like what is, what is, 
what is a vaginal stain? Okay. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, they're, in a lot of articles that are out right now, they talk about how it comes from Korea and um, uh, the Mayan culture and um, Chinese medicine. There really aren't any records that I found that it comes from Chinese, mm -hmm. but it definitely is a Korean practice that they call the choi yok, I think, and then in the Mayan, um, it accompanies Mayan abdominal uh, massage that is for fertility or pregnancy, uh, although don't do stains in pregnancy. Um, and they call it bajos, which is just like, Cleansing. Cleansing. Yeah, right. it is a cleansing. Right. right. Um, and in in Chinese medicine, there's um, records of people doing steams on anal steams. Um, and it can be for hemorrhoids. It can be for um, uh, some different um, her herniations. Um, so, but they oh. never talk about vaginal steams. Oh, that's so interesting! Mm -hmm. I didn't or, know or that. Or like diarrhea of different sorts. So, so you know, it's it's likely that they did do it, but for some reason, there's not mm -hmm. record of it. Mm -hmm. um, the the other thing they talked about is that the that point there's a point right between the the taint, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the point between the vaginal orifice and the anal orifice, mm -hmm. and there's there's actually a, a um, acupuncture point called conception vessel one, okay. and some people call it a, um, it's the doorway to the earth, or an, and some in, there's one um, sounds like root chakra, root chakra or a ghost point by um, Sun Sun Miao, he called it a ghost point, and it treats the spirit. Mm. Um, Anyway, that's a tangent, but so this process is um, using herbs, um, infusing them in hot boiled water and letting them cool a bit and then <laughs> sitting your, sitting over them mm -hmm. with your vaginal opening and anal openings exposed mm -hmm. um, to let the steam move through and, and the herbal um, essences or Essential oils, essential oils, yeah. and and uh, any other properties that can come from the steam that can be carried through that way up into all of those crevices and orifices up in the womb through the cervix, and mm -hmm. that's great. That's so amazing. So, um, if someone was to do a vaginal or anal steam, we can go there. Um, <laughs> uh, how, I mean, do they sit on the box or how, what do you think is the best way? There's you, you definitely don't want to squat above it cause it's going to, no. you're going to be there for a long time. And one of my patients did squat over it really? and, <laughs> and you know, God is okay <laughs> with that. But I, I was like, that's really hard cause you can sit there for 20 to 40 minutes, yeah. you know, and wait, you know, as the, cause it gets really comfortable and <laughs> you don't want to go. <laughs> um, I'm impressed. She sitting, squatted? She squatted. I think she squatted for like 20 minutes. I told Dang. her next time. I told her some other ways to do it next time. But yeah. um, so I've experimented. There's actually, you sent me that great picture of the of a like a caned chair without the caning. I love that. that. You can, I know that you yeah. can set a bowl in. Um, and there's like those uh, geriatric seats. Oh, that's great. That you could probably do it in, though they're, 
the bowl I think is still plastic. I'm not sure. It might be metal. It might be a me the urine bowl. Might be right. Not or sure. you could put maybe something a metal bowl in it. Yeah. yeah, that's another option. Then, um, I did it where I took a metal bowl that fit exactly into my toilet toilet bowl. Okay. And put the infused herbs and warm water into the bowl and then into the toilet and then pulled the put the seat down to sit over it. Oh, that's And then nice. pulled a, a blanket around And did it, it feel warm enough? It did. Felt okay, good. that's great. And then you had suggested a milk crate, right? <laughs> Was that you? That's what I did. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I did too recently. But I... It's not as comfortable. No, the milk crate hurts the butt a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I burnt yeah. my butt that time. <laughs> That can happen too, so really let your steam cool down Hot a little vents. bit. <laughs> I had these little marks, and I thought it was just from sitting on the milk crate, and then I realized it was a little steam burn. A little too steamy for mm -hmm. you. At least it wasn't my cooch. No. <laughs> you know, they also have those, like, plastic lawn chairs, you know, the ones with the slats in them? Mm -hmm. And I think that if someone was to put, like, uh, a big metal pot underneath that mm -hmm. and then wrap themselves up mm -hmm. and the waist down that could be okay it could be okay the yeah. slats might give less yeah. um surface exposure but it still could be it's okay. probably best in the toilet yeah do you think yeah it seems easy in the toilet just getting the right size bowl is important yeah you know you gotta find the right size metal bowl yeah. I don't know what the dimensions of a toilet are. I thought to measure that. <laughs> I'm married to a plumber. I should know, but I don't. <laughs> um, you get your water hot, and then what types of herbs do you like to add? I am a big fan of using mugwort mm. as, a, as like one of the primaries. Um, a blend that I like, I'm, I'm creating a, a packaged blend, um, and probably there'll be more than one, but to start with... There's, um, you know, calendula is great for moving blood um, and healing tissue. And plantain, I feel like, is another really nice one to put in there. Mm -hmm. um, and mugwort. Like, if you just have a base of those three, I think it, they're, that's great. And then you can play more. I know you put rosemary in yours, right? Um, oh, thyme. You put thyme in, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That was really great. Yeah. yeah. It was nice. Uh, usually when I think of time, I think of it as a mover. You know, it's a little bit, you want to be sensitive to it because it can be too hot. Mm -hmm. But in the steam, since it wasn't directly on my skin, I really felt like it, it helped move a lot for me. And it did move a lot for you. It did. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. So, um, I feel like the mugwort ha the, is really important because in Chinese medicine it is um, something that warms the womb and chases cold out of the womb. And here we are doing this warming treatment and that would, and it, and it moves, it circulates and moves blood and it has a nourishing quality to it too. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's strongly aromatic. So that'll pipe right up there. Oh, I love that. So you got your herbs and you have your hot water and then you put that in the bowl. Then you sit on the toilet and that's, that's and you it. wrap yourself with a blanket you so that you stay warm. you want to stay warm and you want to be able to contain all that warmth too to really like to feel no draft coming in as you're doing it. Mm -hmm. um, st I would steep the herbs a little bit before and and check your like squat out, 
sit over it a bit before you actually go to sit for a while to see if the temp is manageable. Okay. So there isn't any burning. Right. We don't want that. <laughs> no. And mm -mm. so you mentioned anywhere from 20 minutes to 45 minutes is good enough? I think it's good enough. And, and always um, do it, never do it while you're bleeding. Mm -hmm. Always do prior to bleeding um, or af after bleeding. So like, you know, maybe the month, you could do it a couple times after your moon is finished and then um, up to right before bleeding. Okay. And um, it can be beneficial for um, clearing painful menses um, with cramps and clotting, uh, clearing yeast, clearing like some chronic, possibly, you know, bacterial vaginosis or chronic yeast wow. or any of these things where we, we're taking herbs, but are they really going and penetrating in those areas? We might be, you know, we're helping probably through gut with internal use of herbs, but this is directly going in there. Going to the source. Mm -hmm. That's great. Mm -hmm. So other contrary indications, you mentioned pregnancy. pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So pretty much those three things, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's really interesting. So, um, I have a listener, her name is Shelby, and she was curious to know more about endometriosis and can vaginal steam therapy be helpful? It can be helpful because of that clearing stasis and the, adhe the adhesions of endometriosis are blood stasis. They can be blood and phlegm, they can be a combination of different, they can be contracted cold in there, there can be then inflammation that comes on just from the adhesions, mm -hmm. so it really, it's really good for endometriosis, and uh -huh. it's not, you know, you, she may not notice anything, um, like, dramatic right away, but her, that, that cycle right after she does it could be a little bit different, like, you had that experience with it being, I Good should probably share it. Yeah, and Monica had a great experience. <laughs> yeah, it was really amazing. As I said, I was like, oh, okay, vaginal steam therapy. Hmm. Um, but then I started to read about it, and I started to talk to other women and realize, wow, this is something that's actually pretty cool, and I really need to know about it. And so I got myself all set up with my milk crate. <laughs> And I got my water boiling, and I used thyme from the garden. And I put that in the milk crate, and then I created, like, my own little seat on top of the milk crate so I wouldn't have a square imprint on my butt. <laughs> and I wrapped myself up, and I was like, okay, this is neat. And then I realized, wow, I have an urge to do something. Like, I, I realized that inside of me, like, I... I really look for things to busy myself and I realize I am glued to this thing right now and I can't get up and I committed to sit there for an hour and it was really challenging for me and so um, I got through it but it made me think about the importance of maybe journaling or reading during that time and it also helped me look at like the source of why I wanted to be busy and creating distractions. And so um, after I got up, I went to bed in my yurt and I laid down and I wrapped myself up real warm because that's very important. You don't want, you just let heat into your body and you don't want cold to enter. 
I, I felt like I was kind of vulnerable in my second chakra area. I wrapped myself up and laid there, and then I, I heard like six or seven, like one after another, gigantic cracks. Like my <laughs> pelvis was like, bam, crack, crack. And it was exciting because I'm like, wow, something really is happening. But every time there was this cracking sensation, um, I felt fear come up mm. and then I felt fear leave. Like I just had to breathe through it. And I just realized that I was, I was letting go some deep fata, some deep darkness that was in there, um, dark coldness. And then I started to read some like spiritual book, um, I forget which one, but it was really great. And the next day I started my period <clears throat> and for three days my blood was black and it looked like like Hershey, Hershey syrup. It was really disgusting. <laughs> I was like, what's yeah. happening? And I just needed to use a panty liner and my period was over. And just the month before, I had been to Burning Man, and my period was so horrific that I needed a tampon, and I needed a thick pad. I was, like, bleeding. It was so heavy. It was so heavy. And during mm. that time, there was just so much stress. You know, mm. I was moving into the trailer in the year on the property, living off-grid, and getting ready for Burning Man all at once. Mm. And it was too much, and... I think I really cleared out a lot of that stagnant energy. Yeah. Mm. There's much to be said about our womb space. Well, that's going back to the ghost point. Like in Chinese medicine, ghost is entity, but entity can be bacteria. It can be parasitic. It can be energetic. And our wombs are these storage vessels and shedding vessels. But they, if we don't know how to shed some of the energy it can be a holding ground for mm -hmm. past sexual experiences um, traumas um, emotions related to sex uh, any of these things and so like using that time and space to let yourself literally time time isn't that for funny you. i yeah, never thought really. about that <laughs> i needed to take the time <laughs> and that was what came up for you too was this yeah. whole thing about time and how you were busying yeah beautiful <laughs> yeah allowing our time to to heal and feel yeah and it it really like it's it's very soothing I felt, I feel too, like this calming to my spirit for just having that time to sit mm -hmm. and feel this warmth coming up through your being. It feels so amazing. It really does. Yeah. And, you know, that steam really creates like a lavage of the uterus. And the thing that really got me was that I've always felt like, oh, maybe I have some other chakras that are kind of wacky, like my throat chakra. But I'm like, oh, my second chakra, I think it's fine. Like, it doesn't seem to bother me, only when I have, you know, relationship stuff. But, like, as I went through that process, I was like, no, I needed to work with my second chakra. Mm -hmm. And it's really weird because sometimes I think when we're sick, we're so used to living a certain way that sick feels normal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was my lesson was that, no, I actually needed to heal it, but I didn't, I couldn't even recognize. That it was out of. That it was out of balance, whack. Right? <laughs> Except for just, you just had a simple curiosity to explore. <laughs> right. <laughs> so 
do you have any experiences with yourself and in my womb and your womb um, I I didn't feel what I what I was dealing with was some yeast issues and um, and tender tissue mm-hmm. as I'm 45 and things they're not quite in the change but I think I'm on the precipice of some changes yeah. and um, and I I was just getting more fissures or sensitivity and tenderness with sex and and I needed to take the tender time and tenderness with myself of how tender I was and this gave me that this time and moment to to be so so tender and to realize how how tender I've been and how I need tenderness in my relationship and in in my care of myself and um, and it really shifted things for me and and the, the the environment in my vagina and 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 how my husband and I were relating to each other and mm-hmm. that's interesting so um, I had to ask Casey's permission to share the other part of the story and he said oh if it will help people I don't care <laughs> so that that same night after I went through that process of like my pelvis cracking and and that release my husband Casey and I like slept next to each other and he woke up in the morning and totally had a wet dream and so what happened was my release released something in my partner right you know he didn't even do the steam but but I don't I don't even know how to explain why that would be but it was not just a coincidence. It was mm-hmm. definitely connected, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So healing ourselves can really help heal our relationships and heal the people that we love, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. If we want to work with ourselves, we're, it's a great form of self-care and self-love because we're loving each other, too. Right, and we, we each feel that. And yeah. also, like, you see you see your partner be tender with themselves, and you have that that feeling for them and that feeling for yourself too of like oh and and your this allowance mm-hmm. to to release and to slow down and <laughs> yeah all of it definitely so so yoni steams are not to be used in pregnancy but does it help with fertility it does help with fertility one of the one of the main one, I'll just say one of the causes of <laughs> infertility or fertility challenges, according to Chinese medicine, can be cold in the womb. And the Chinese are very moderate people in, in their medicinal practices and always take the extra precautions to protect from wind or cold or any exposure to anything. And, and we'll say for women, don't sit on cold floors. Mm. Don't expose, that will expose your womb to cold. So that's interesting. I have had a lot of patients who were um, long-time swimmers, and they were having trouble conceiving, and we worked a lot to chase the cold out from the pool, out of their wombs. So this is another way to chase that cold out, to, to, to activate, to bring in the warmth and bring in circulation again. And yeah. So <laughs> I love that chasing the colds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I think there's like that old wives' tale. Like, don't sit on concrete because you'll get hemorrhoids. Have you heard of that? I haven't heard that. <laughs> I just know the Chinese of like, don't get cold in your womb. Yeah, don't get cold in your womb. Yeah. 
So it's important also because of uh, pregnancy, like preventing pregnancy. Like if your womb is cold, you can. Is it harder for you to become pregnant? Is that what you were saying? Mm -hmm. okay. Well, cold, cold is contracting, okay. and so with contraction, blood can congeal or flow can stop. It, it's like it, it. It's a little bit of a shutdown, mm -hmm. and and things you need circulation of blood and movement to be fluid and and abundant to be you know, nourishing the lining of the womb. And if there's cold, there will probably be painful menses and a contracted womb, a, like a clenched fist where something is not going to be able to get in and be happy to stay. <laughs> mm -hmm. It makes sense. Yeah. When you're cold, you, I mean, you don't your, want body to let, language is, right. your body language says that, you know, it curls up, you wrap yourself up with your arms. You hold in everything you have. You don't let anything else in. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So how does someone know whether they have cold in their womb? Um, what are signs? Uh, painful menses. Okay. With, with painful cramps and the desire to curl up. Um, clots can be, I mean, there's different reasons for painful menses, but, but oftentimes the, the womb is very you know, friendly place to cold, or just for holding things. It's a, it's, it's a storage and release, you know, but... It's a vessel. It's a vessel, and it's designed to ultimately hold. <laughs> and it, you know, until it finally serves its purpose, it's, it's holding and then shedding and holding and shedding. Mm -hmm. So when, also when you bleed, you have this, like you said, after the steam, you're vulnerable and open, and yeah, because you've gotten this warmth in, which like lets you expand, lets mm -hmm. the tissue soften and relax. So you mm -hmm. definitely want to... Um, wrap yourself up to just protect and hold that in and then rest like allow it to be to be a moment to, to rest and not go do anything else just like you intuitively did Monica but um the uh, we were talking about the cold um, feeling cold needing a heating pad during bleeding that's another indication that and, and the, the warmth feels better okay there you go yeah that sounds like a lot of women it's a lot of women. It is right. a lot of women. Yeah. Have you had clients, other clients that have enjoyed the uni schemes and have seen benefits? Yes, definitely. Um, here's one. I have had an amenorrhea for eight years and only recently has it worried me when my womb began to feel empty, lifeless, and dry. Aww. I did not want sec my sex life to dissipate and I wanted to feel whole as a woman. When I saw Anna for acupuncture and herbs, she prescribed me a tea and a yoni steam with my favorite herbs, mugwort and shizandra. My second round of steaming created a day of my uterus and cervix vibrating. I waited a few weeks and then again did the coochie steam with the same herbs. Again, I experienced vibrations or flutters from my uterus all the way down to my cervix. There is no doubt in my mind the healing steam of these intelligent plants at the gateway of my womb is bringing her back to life. <laughs> so she has a history of a lot of sexual trauma and this feeling of lifeless, dry emptiness and then to this vibrating, mm. you know, this this stirring that's mm. happening for her. And, and she continues to be diving so deep um, into her, her own womb and her the lineage of the wombs and um, into her grandmother's and it's just opened this whole gateway for her of wow. healing and she has not gotten her moon yet 
but I'm, I'm, I feel like she's going to, especially with that vibration in her womb and her cervix. Mm -hmm. I had that flutter feeling, and that for me was a very strong indication of fertility. So I just told her to be very careful. <laughs> I don't think she wants any more children. Yeah. Um, that is such an amazing story. Yeah. So beautiful. And yeah. to feel those sensations. Yeah, where you, you hadn't. I, I felt those pri prior to having my children. My cervix was like fluttering and my <laughs> womb was like, it was just like, it was like an antenna kind of calling, <laughs> calling something towards it. <laughs> babies. Right. It was calling babies. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So if someone has had sexual trauma, what what can happen or what comes up or how can people work through it with yoni stains? I mean, the, I have so many questions, but it's just so common in our culture and it just breaks my heart that, that women have this. Yeah. And I just wonder if there's a way that yoni stains can really help them in the healing process. I think it's a huge contributing piece, and part of it is part of it is the herbs, but part of it is the t the moment, mm -hmm. the time spent. Like the another um, patient who'd had that smelly feeling and sort of this rough, you know, she was having um, a dislike about her own smells. Mm -hmm. She did the steam and looked down and watched these calendula flowers blossom and open up and she was like, oh, oh my god, they're blooming and, and I'm blooming over this pot of herbs and 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 gave her this, gave her back some love for herself and some tenderness back by just being like, I'm going to, I'm going to nurture this and hold this place of myself that I that I haven't, that I've shut down because I had to, to protect myself, which is the, you know, it's, it's the right thing to do in the moment, but then there's a time where it's like, okay, I don't want to be shut down anymore. I want to open up. I want to open up, and I think the first place to open is to ourselves, in that place of being tender with ourselves, to even know what that feels like from ourselves. And then, knowing what that's like, we might be able to step into places of, bringing in tenderness from others instead of hostility mm -hmm. and and being aware we know what tenderness feels like and we know what, then we can block out or be more sensitive to what the hostility is it's like okay mm -hmm. that's not tenderness i and differentiate and differentiate yeah yeah well, that's great i'm really excited right now about incorporating different herbs you know there's the whole um energetic herbalism so i mean there's certain herbs that like when you said cassandra, I was like, really? Hmm, this is a new herb that, it's new to me, and it's delicious. And I, and I just thought, really? In the steam pot, it goes. Um, what, I mean, where did that come from? Shazandra is a Taoist herb. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's called Wu Weizhou, which means the five flavor seed. It has all five, it has sour, bitter, salty, bland, sweet, all in one, and if you taste it, you can, like, it's this sen flavor sensation explosion. It's an all-in-one. <laughs> it's pungent. It's pungent. It's, so it goes to um, all of the yin organs. It has a um, toning or a stringing property. Um, it's a specifically a female herb for its um, 
juicing up vaginal fluids and toning the, the vagina and enhancing libido. And it also has um, a great function of toning skin and bringing luster and moisture back to skin. So That sounds juicy. It's very so juicy. <laughs> it's like it's like, you know, the woman's herb. Um, and combined with with mugwort, another woman's herb for sure, um, you have this like kind of yin and yang. You have this warming, um, permeating, penetrating, and then you have this luster, like moisture it. bringing. Yeah. Like so the there's a paves the way. Right. Right. <laughs> so you know, there's so many ways you can go with doing these steams. You can get so creative. I mean, really using what you've got if you've got things growing best way, right? right, right. Fresh. <laughs> Fresh, right. Probably herbs with um, higher um, essential oil content, would you say? Like the flowers? or Flowers. But I think, you know, if you're going towards, you, you know, for clearing some yeast, you can even use some of the berberin plants, some of those roots, and um, they have bitter smells, <laughs> you know, they have a strong, Put a lot of them have, in there. <laughs> yeah, organ grape or Chinese scutellaria, scutellaria bicol, um, and I think those, those would also be really great, they're, they, they may not have ex the same aromatic, but their, their oils will get in there. Right, right, that's great, I mean, yeast is such a big issue for so many women, so many women, yeah, and it's bigger than yeast. Like it now, there's talk of again, like I mentioned, um, bacterial vaginosis, and and now urea plasma and mycoplasma, and you know just vaginitis. And but if it's chronic, there's these other whole potentials of, of fungal yeast things that just they like to stay with us. It's they're they're ghosts. They <laughs> they're little entities out. that that want to be and and just want they just want to live. Right. And if they find a nice place to live, they'll stay. So right. we so, have to be conscious about helping them go. Right. <laughs> right. You have to make it unpleasant for them. And mugwort is a smudge. And you know, you smudge to 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 clear spirits away. And if there's this bacteria mm -hmm. that's an entity that's a ghost mm -hmm. mugwort is another way to do a sort of clearing and smudging it's like a whole a internal body smudging that's great so if someone wanted to go on their property um, let's say they don't have access to herbs um, at a store then I mean what should they look for like I mean they could use rosemary they could use rosemary rosemary would be great oregano Oregano roses. would be great. Roses would be lovely. And think of how beautiful it is to see the roses in there. Yeah. Oak bark. Oak. Yeah. Good try, oak That's bark. <laughs> I love oaks. You could totally try oak bark. You could try a little bit of... Um, Manzanita. Manzanita is really great. More of a bladder, but would be great. Yeah. Yeah. And around here, I mean, you could try your basanta. Your basanta has a resin in there that could be very soothing. It's kind of an interesting way, like you got me thinking about something, um, how it's really nice to like focus in on one herb and really get to know it, but what better way to get to know an herb through a yoni steam, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, there was something I was reading, and I didn't, I haven't heard any of my patients say this, but 
they were saying that after five minutes of steaming, the, the women can taste the herbs in their mouth. <laughs> I could taste the thyme. And you could taste the thyme. Yeah, I could taste it. So it, it is a great way to like systemically get that into you. Oh, that's If it goes straight to your... I mean, they say if you put garlic on your feet in a minute, you'll taste it. This wow. is through the vagina. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wonder, I mean, that would probably smell bad, but what about a garlic yoni steam? You could try a garlic yoni steam. I mean, people, it would be gentler than, like, garlic suppositories. Yeah, I've always wondered about that. That seems a little harsh. Intense. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're not supposed to break them open, but have you heard of that? I have heard of it, and I... And yet, like, if you don't break it open, is it going to even be effective? I don't know. And how <laughs> so does it come steam out? could be great. I have so many questions about the garlic clove. Right. You have yeah. to attach a string to it. Yeah. And then you leave the string hanging out of your That's vagina. Yeah. <laughs> how often should someone do a yoni steam throughout the year? Should they do it? Before every... Winter is probably the best time ever to do it okay. because it's the time when warming, especially our root chakra or in my world, kidney energy is... is uh, It's the time of kidney. Winter is the time of kidney and storage. And so when you're doing these steams and then wrapping yourself up, you're storing that warmth mm -hmm. and, and chasing cold away that might have gotten in when we were frolicking out in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on whatever, anywhere. <laughs> Sitting on a piece of hot, right? <laughs> um, That's yeah. great. That's yeah. great. So I think um, if there's some pretty severe um, menstrual pain and um, clots and cramps, like where it's debilitating, then I would recommend doing it. You know, maybe three times in between your moon. And and doing that for a few months, you know, you, you don't see change, you, you do see change, but three months usually is a really good time to see um, cycle changes because you, um, anyways, you get to see three, three bloods and, and how that, and how the body has integrated that in. So when you have your moon cycle, is it like a pro progress report? You know how yes. you're doing, yes. how you're and improving? You yes, like you saw a very different cycle. I mean, it's a reflection of what happened in the month each time we bleed. It's like, how stressful was I? Oh, I'm doubled over in pain and cramping and oh my gosh, I was really, it was stressful. Or if the PMS is worse and, and if there's changes that you implement, you can start to see some things unfold and shift. Do you think that the yoni steams will have an effect on PMS per se? Um, I, I think they, I think they could. <laughs> I think they could because of right. what they do with the spirit, how they calm, how they calm the spirit, and how you settle down and take time, in the, instead of being wound up and stressed out and tensed. And so, if you're starting right after after you bleed, you're implementing these these relaxations or you know sitting moments. That's gonna be very different as you get closer to bleeding. You're gonna feel different. Mm -hmm. And you're getting circulation and you're getting some of the properties of the herbs that might be really, somebody, you know, you could prescribe herbs that would be beneficial for nourishing blood, for, for moving blood. You could 
go all over the place. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> they don't always have to be aromatic. Let's talk about menopause. So if a woman was to do the yoni steams, is it possible for her to get her period back? Or um, is it possible to help her with symptoms that she might be experiencing? So it can help. It, it could, if there's... It could could get a period because it's gonna move some some energy in your womb and it could move some old blood maybe some final blood um and it can also really tell women complain a lot of tender vaginal tissue in menopause or in perimenopause and the like vaginal atrophy or or um or fissures which can be a combination of you know depletion of yin depletion of the hormones and this presence of bacteria kind of co-mingling. Um, so the, the, the yoni steams can really benefit and tone the, the tissue and shift how the hormones are affecting the vaginal tissue. Mm. And I, I, I haven't seen this yet from experience, but I feel like it could shift some of the night sweats and the, those hormonal imbalances too, just by... Um, keeping the warmth where it's supposed to go, which is down in the lower burner or, or the root chakra, and not, if it's anchored there, it won't flare up with the flashes and oh, flushing. Oh, that would be really neat to see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll let you know as I go. <laughs> Keep prescribing it to patients. One of the, the my patients gave this little bit of um, reflection of what the experience was like for her. Doing my steam feels like a ritual of self-care, especially dedicated to remembering and honoring the feminine aspect of myself. Like the yellow flowers opening their petals in the water, I feel myself opening and relaxing into the warmth of the steam, the scent of the herbs, and the tenderness of a simple simple act of self-nurturance. By giving this special love and attention to my vagina, I remember to honor all parts of myself with equal reverence because they are all they are all part of the greater whole of me. Oh, that's beautiful. Would you like to talk a little bit about the sacred energy of the womb space? <laughs> the the womb is the purple palace, the zigong, the in Chinese medicine, and that to me is like the most royal thing it could possibly be called purple is such a royal color and and this palace of life and we're in a purple room right now we're in a purple too. room we're like with clay clay walls it's clay paint it's on the walls very appropriate. <laughs> um and you know there's this again there's that this like storing and shedding and this storing and shedding and if we're in that um, flow with that process of, of when we're shedding, really allow ourselves to fully shed and and slow down with that because, and if there's pain or if there's some challenging processes, that's also just telling us, slow down. I I I need attention. My womb womb saying I need attention. Mm-hmm. Um, the and then this this idea of like prepping the soil, prepping the prepping the womb for life, like providing as much, you know, provisions so that if there is an egg and sperm that's fertilized, it's come, it has everything in there it's going to need for the next nine months. And, and like, and it wants to stay on those plush, 
purple, thick, bloody carpets and like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and never go. And um, I don't even know if I answered your question. You did. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such a royal place. Room. It's such a, um, I mean, it, it's a, it's the second heart in Chinese medicine also. And so the heart, you know, receives all emotion, though an emotion is attributed to each organ in Chinese medicine, each will pass through the heart. For a woman, each will pass through the womb, even more so. Mm. And, and, and can, it's got more crevices, it's got more space to store too. So it's so, like that shedding is also that like, just letting, letting those emotions pass, letting them go, and not, not holding, not holding the, the regrets or the shame or the, because they will be stored in, in our womb. Right. That's interesting. A friend of mine, um, she just mentioned, I heard her say, oh, that feels right. I feel I feel yes in my womb. Like she feels yeses and noes in her womb. And it feels like her, she said it feels like a tingle, like her womb is leaping or tingling when it's a yes. And if it's a no, it just feels hollow. And I you know, I asked her, I was like, how do you, how do you know this? And she could not really tell me how, like, she's just like, I just feel it. I feel yeses and nos in my womb. It's interesting how we can connect to that energy. Mm -hmm. And this is an, this is an opportunity to make that connection too. I think there's many ways, like in the process of, for me, of t tuning in and, and giving myself tenderness prior to doing the, the, Gucci steams, but finding dance for myself, I could, I suddenly felt my, my womb dance and move. And I was aware of it inside of me moving its arms as I moved my arms or rejoicing that I was dancing, rejoicing that I was feeling pleasure in my own body and, and able to expand with me from a previous place of being very contracted and protected and mm -hmm. you know so it, it's it's responding to our every to our joys and our our sorrows and our angers and our regrets and our mm -hmm. tenderness so when a woman has had a hysterectomy I believe that energetically her womb is still there I believe that too Monica yeah and so a yoni steam would be wonderful. Wonderful. For them to connect to with that energy again that instead of going, well, I don't have it anymore. Yeah, or I'm not Whatever, it anymore. it's gone. They took it out of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being like, oh, this was the space where it was. I housed it right there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, I just briefly want to go over the anal steams too. So... There's so many different, like in, in Ayurveda, they say that the home of vata can get stored in the colon. Mm. And so it's really important to like heal the colon. And then also a lot of people who have vata, deep vata imbalances will have a hard time with their sphincters and have, um, they'll have like prolapse mm -hmm. that can happen. They can have hemorrhoids, they can have fissures too. So... I mean, what herbs really jump out for you? I think I would use the same herbs, and and as you're doing a vaginal steam, you're doing an anal steam. Yeah. You're not, you're not, um, you know, you're, it's not just the vagina that's receiving this medicine. You're doing both, and and 
yeah, I think I would stay with the same herbs for the toning and circulating. I mean, plantain and calendula have amazing benefits for the gut, which, you know, the, the tail end <laughs> is, is just the end of the gut, you know? So that's great. Oh, it's been so wonderful talking with you. I am just so honored to to be able to talk with you about this subject and to share it with people. I'm excited people that you asked are ready. me. I know. You it's know? it's I'm I'm happy you asked me, Monica, and <laughs> and I've been writing this article and you brought this like let's do let's do the podcast do the article too but let's do the do it together let's do it together (laughs) yeah it's kind of a revolution I think for I mean any you know any kind of healing or tenderness to our vaginas is like healing and tenderness that is gonna emanate through the world because there's so much other energy that's been inflicted historically you know that on all of us that we walk with and we walk with our mother's stories and we walk with our grandmother's stories and so this this reverberates past our own cooches (laughs) (laughs) past our own wounds (laughs) healing ancestral healing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh that's awesome so I'm sure there's going to be people who are going to want to know more about you so can you let our listeners know how they can come in contact with you? Mm-hmm. I um, you can see more about me on my website, which is Spirit Farmer Acupuncture. I'm an acupuncturist in Nevada City um, at Halo. I work with Monica, <laughs> <laughs> among some other amazing people here. Um, I you can call me. You can call five three zero four one four six four one nine. To that would be best to uh, book a an appointment or you can leave some kind of message and I'll definitely answer. I'm a great texter back to in this way. But email if you have a lengthy question, I'm happy to respond to email and that's through the website. That's great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Monica. You have been listening to the Herb Nerd Podcast, which is all about herbs, healing, and spirituality. That's all for this episode. Until next time. For more inspiring advice and to learn how to cultivate your inner sanctuary, head on over to my website at theherbnerdpodcast.com to see the show notes. And to show the world that you're an herb nerd, please don't forget to rate me on iTunes. The Herb Nerd Podcast is an educational resource, so stay tuned for the next new discovery about the many musings of the herbal and spiritual world. And thanks for listening.